Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. When it comes to your finances, go for the credit card that's always there for you. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, that means no more waiting for, quote, normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. We're talking real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Welcome to the Jill on Money Show. It's Monday, October 9th, and we are here trying to help you make better financial decisions. One way that we ask for a little help in this process is for you to go to our website at jillonmoney.com. There you will see the Contact Us button. Click it, complete the form, and poof, magic happens. Either we will read your email on the air, or perhaps you will join us live, which is a lot more fun. While you're on the website, don't forget, sign up for the free weekly newsletter, check out the blog, check out the resources. And if you've got some money to spare, why don't you consider buying my book, The Great Money Reset, a great way to actually give you guardrails for making big changes in your life and sometimes small changes. And also you can subscribe to the Jill on Money live service. That's where you have access to quarterly live webinars and lots more bonus content, all for 35 bucks. I'm going to try to keep these intros pretty tight because I'm not really in town this week. So uh, uh, here we go. Let's talk to James from the Bay Area. Thanks, Jill, for taking my call. This is a fantastic experience. I really appreciate it. Uh, I've got a bunch of questions that have to do with, of course, retirement. Uh, I'm in the process of turning a corner, so I thought I would uh, check in with you. Great. Uh, the basic questions are basically, uh, am I on track to have the option to retire at the age of 62? Um, that's not something that's set in stone, but I want to have the option. I also I'm a little concerned that I've got this tax liability time bomb that's going to uh, that's set to go off in retirement. Like I think I do. Uh, what can be done about it? Uh, should I do some conversions, et cetera, et cetera? And we can get into the details a bit later. Um, and finally, where should I pull my money from to live um, from the age of 62 to 70? Let's get to the actual data. James, how old are you? I'm 59 and a half. Only people who know about retirement will actually say 59 and a half, but yes. congratulations. Are you Thank married? You. Uh, yes, I am. And is your spouse the same age, older, younger? She's 59, so she's okay. a full four months younger. Oh, well, younger yeah. woman, cradle yes. robber. And how much do you earn, James? Uh, I earn 260 to 290 depending on bonus mm -hmm. uh, per year. And what about her? Uh, she doesn't work outside the house. Okay, got it. Kids? Uh, two, but they're grown and launched. Yes. Love yes. that. So no happy. on that part. Also, I'm very proud of that. God, that's great. When you retire, are you working in a place that provides a pension plan? No, there is no okay. pension. And it sounds from what you're describing that you would plan to claim Social Security at age 70, right? 
That's the goal, yes. Okay, got it. Uh, all right, now let's talk about what you got. First of all, uh, tell me um, the easy stuff, like the house. You have a house um, in the Bay Area. It must be worth a lot of money. How much? Yes, it is worth $1.8 million. God. Yes. What was it worth 10 years ago? Give me that. I just got to know. Oh, gosh. I'm not sure I was following it 10 years ago. I've been in the house for 20 years, so I can tell you 20 years okay, ago. Okay, 20 years ago. What did you buy uh, it for? 550 <gasps> Isn't that something, Mark? Takes your breath away. What's the outstanding mortgage on that, James? Uh, 300 Okay. Now, let's get into the assets. Let's start with non-qualified, also known as non-retirement. What's your emergency re- reserve fund look like? Uh, I've got about uh, 12 months worth of, of cash on hand for emergency reserve. And that's, uh, I've, I've allocated myself a very generous 10000 a month to live off of. So that's about 120 k Okay. What about other non-retirement accounts? I do have a brokerage account through Vanguard, mm-hmm. and that is up to about $2.3 million. Woo! All yeah. right. I was hoping that would be your response. <laughs> yeah, that's sweet. Uh, use index funds, stocks? What do you use in there? Uh, yeah, it's actually fair, uh, probably over-diversified even, but it, it, I do have plenty of index funds in stocks, various uh, categories of that, and, and also some bond funds too. Okay, good. Perfect. Okay. Anything else, any um, company stock that's unvested or that's due to vest or anything like that, that, that you will be looking at in the next few years? Yeah, there, there's a, 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 on the order of about $200,000, $300,000 worth of company stock due to vest over the course of probably three to four years. So that may take me out past retirement. I may have to walk away from some of that. All right. That's fine. Um, okay. Now, is that it for non-retirement accounts? Uh, yes. Okay, yes. let's talk. Let's talk retirement. What do you yeah. have? Well, there I've got nine hundred and fifty k in a four hundred one k. Okay, traditional. Uh, what about for your wife? Does she have any IRA? Did she do any spousal stuff, or did you always make too much money? Yeah, it was. I was typically up there. Okay, and any other assets in retirement? Uh, no. That that I think is about the the entirety of it, right? There. Okay. All right. So when you said the tax liability from the time bomb. Very Ed slot of you to use that terminology. Are you talking about the 950 in the 401k? I'm talking about that and also some uh, long-term capital gains mm-hmm. over in the brokerage account. When you look at your social security benefit at age 70, what, what is it that it is estimating for you? Uh, it's estimating 4,100 per month. Plus uh, half of that for your wife, right? Uh, I hadn't thought about that part. I'm not uh, well yes. versed in Social Security. Yes, oh, she gets oh, she gets half of yours. Yes. In addition For, to that, forty one. Yeah, pretty good, right? Uh, yes, <laughs> you're, you're in. So basically, as a non-working spouse, you get to claim half of your working spouse's benefit. So that's number one. So, are you on track for sixty two? Yes, absolutely. There's no doubt. You can do this. Okay. I, I presume that what you're doing right now anyway is you're maxing out your retirement. So even if you just did that for a couple more years, that gets you up over your million. And you're also saving money in your non-retirement assets. It may make sense for you to start converting that 401, when you retire, converting that 401k into a Roth, but it really depends on where tax rates are. So for example, the reason why I think it could be interesting for you is that instead of being in let's call it the 24% tax bracket, 
you could actually find yourselves in the 12, maybe 12, 22% tax bracket. And so it might make sense to take some of that 401k when you're retiring. We really have to judge this based on where tax rates are then, because you can't do anything with this right now. You could conceivably take the money, convert it at this lower tax rate, and you control your tax destiny at that point. Let's talk about the brokerage account. You know, the good news is you got a lot of gains. And I presume you don't have any losses that are in there. Are you harvesting any losses right now? No. Are there any losses that you know of? Not anymore. Oh my I, I, did, I did the big uh, shift way back in 2008 at the bottom, I think it was, uh-huh. into my current uh, allocation. And so ever since then, it's all been upside. I mean, you got to pay your taxes. What can I tell you? I mean, that's the issue. So what I would say is this. I mean, you can take some of these gains a little bit along the way if you want to limit this. So for example... Right now, your long-term capital gains rate is 15%. It's not terrible. And maybe you want to start to cycle out of some of these holdings, not a lot, but some of your holdings in the next year or two to get yourself the cash because you're going to need the money from this account. This is the account you're going to pull from, from age 62 to 70, your brokerage account. And so what that means is you're going to need that $10,000 a month from this account, Okay, you're going to need to have the money that's in this account pay for some of your needs. What I think is going to be important is that you, I think you probably want to know that you have a couple of years that's in that's in cash before you actually step down. My other sense for you is that just talking to you for two seconds is that now that I told you you can easily retire at age 62, is that you may not want to. And I think that your big struggle is going to be, how am I going to leave this money on the table, this company stock? It's not enough money that would ever keep me in a job I don't like. But if you're very happy and you can still keep working and you're you're sort of flourishing, um, at whatever point you decide to stop working, don't worry. Leave the money on the table. Who cares? How long have you been at this company? Uh, 25 years. I mean, it could be that you sort of negotiate out with them, that you give them a long runway. Hey, I would love to, I'm going to slow down. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. But gee, I really would like to be able to hold on to my stock. How can I do that? And you can negotiate. That's one of those things that you may be able to negotiate. Maybe you do some, maybe you do some contract work. Maybe you go part-time. I don't know if they allow that, but it depends on the organization. I wouldn't get myself too crazy because again, 15% tax bracket's pretty low, but I think the more important issue is that you will have some, you're going to have some time. I don't know. Is your organization the type of organization that would allow you to work some, do part-time work or not? I think that's a possibility. Because I'm wondering, hmm, this is interesting. So if you were to do part-time and your tax rate went to, instead of 12, maybe you went down to 22%, I would still start thinking about converting some of the money because maybe, uh, you know, or, or taking some of the capital gains. I really would. I, I, I just think that there's a lot of opportunity here. You just want to harvest the gains with enough time that you know you've got the money safely set aside and limit the hit. I mean, if you're limiting the hit to a 15% tax long-term capital gains and you are earning just, you know, enough to stay in, say, 22% and converting a little bit of money along the way, I think that's a pretty good game plan. I really do. That's interesting. I, I mean, I've, I'm not the first that has spoken with you about this idea of doing conversions a little bit at a time to remain below a certain tax bracket. About where do you think is that cutoff where it becomes 
desirable to do so, but then the moment you breach into say the thirty-two percent bracket, is yes, that I, I think I think for you it would be tough for me to think that you would want to go above twenty-four percent. If you can convert it twenty-four percent, I would love that. That would be great. Look, you might like working part time. You might say sixty two to sixty five, and I work part time, and I get like my whole house in order. And by the time I'm at my full retirement age, sixty five, sixty six, I'm done. It's sweet. I like that idea personally. I would have a little bit more money in cash coming into my sixty two time horizon instead of just one year. I'd probably have two years in in the bank, so it would probably be more like two hundred fifty. Some of that you don't really you won't need it all, but it'll be good to have a little extra cash cushion if you do start converting at that time. And then also, I don't know where tax rates are going. Right, right now for someone like you, even if you make three hundred fifty grand with the RSUs vesting, right you're still in a 15% long-term capital gains rate. And I think that's a damn good rate to start taking some gains off the table. Yeah, that part's good. Um, I've always been curious. Um, back in 2008, we were we worked with a certified financial planner to develop this plan. He did a good job of distributing my allocation across all accounts, retirement, non-retirement, et cetera. But what was interesting is that he put most of the bond and even some short-term cash reserves into the 401k portion. Mm -hmm. And the stock portion is all in the non-retirement account. And I'm curious, is that a reasonable allocation? I've been this way for obviously about 13 years now, and it's it, what's done is done. But it, does that seem odd? No, it's not odd. It's it's a very specific um, belief system, which is, and there are a lot of advisors who do this. Okay, so it's it, it's very interesting. It is basically premised on the idea that bonds and bond funds distribute income. Income is taxable at your ordinary tax bracket. So why not push income producing assets into retirement accounts versus in non-retirement accounts? You're in a high tax bracket. You were probably when they were doing this in a much you were in a higher tax bracket, which is funny. But you know, if you're now in the let's say you're in the 24% tax bracket, it's a little bit less of a uh, a problem. But I think it's a, it's perfectly reasonable. If you would like to join us or ask us a financial question, all you need to do is go to our website, jillonmoney.com, click the contact us button and let us know if you would be willing to come on the air. We would be very happy if you did that. Okay, lift someone up, change your work, change your wealth, change your life. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Do you know a high schooler who is a natural leader and loves to give back to their community? The Leukemia and Lymphoma Society's Student Visionaries of the Year program might be the perfect opportunity. Forming strong teams to support them, Student Visionaries of the Year candidates fundraise for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society in honor of a pediatric blood cancer survivor in their local community. This seven-week philanthropic leadership development program helps students gain valuable life skills like project management, communication, financial literacy, and entrepreneurship. Not to mention, it looks great on college applications. But most importantly, it's a chance for students to engage in meaningful work within their community and make a real impact on the lives of blood cancer patients and their families. Learn more about Student Visionaries of the Year or nominate a student at lls.org slash students. That's lls.org slash students.